Hey, you're listening to episode 297, and today we're chatting about how to not make your diet miserable. It's so easy to become miserable as you're following a diet, right? Are you miserable yet? Oh, the worst. (laughs) Today we're talking about how to bring joy back into what you're eating by taking care of your body. We're talking about hypothyroidism, calories, quality, nutrients, carb ups, ending birth control, how to get your period back. So many things as it relates to just listening to your body and doing right by it so that you don't get miserable and don't feel like all the joy has been taken out of your life. Our guest today is Leah Harvey. She's a health coach dedicated to helping women feel good in and about their body. She's been on her own journey of health, fitness, and healing for over 10 years and has successfully reversed hypothyroidism, amenorrhea, and adrenal issues without medical intervention. This fuels her passion for helping women take back their own health through food and lifestyle. She knows what it feels like to be searching for the perfect diet and having learned from costly mistakes, she brings context and understanding to both the often controversial macros, carbs, and fats and helps ladies break free from diet dogma and fear and instead learn their body's own individual needs. She coaches ladies to not only unlock their personal weight loss code, but also regain their energy and truly thrive. Outside of that, she can be found cooking, working out with her hubby, walking, hiking, or singing at the top of her lungs. You can find her on her website at livelyco.com. That's L-I-V-L-I-co.com. And on Instagram as her name. I will include all these links in the show notes. So don't you worry your pretty little face. Uh, Also in today's recording, she mentioned that uh, she listened to an episode here on the Keto Diet Podcast that really shifted things for her from Angela Foster. So I will include those links in the show notes as well. If you're unsure how to find the show notes, just click around on the app that you're using. If you still can't find it, go to Google and type in show notes and then the app that you're using and Google will show you how to find the show notes for uh, the app that you're using and listening to podcasts. And this is not only good for my show, but all podcasts because usually hosts put some really meaty, awesome things in there. If you want to catch up on previous podcast episodes, you can go to ketodietpodcast.com in addition All the show notes for all the podcast episodes I've ever done on the Keto Diet Podcast are all on that page. And if you have questions for me, the best way to reach out is healthfulpursuit.com slash contact. Okay, let's do this thing. Hey, I'm Leanne Vogel, and you're listening to the Keto Diet Podcast. I've put together a free 21-page guide on achieving weight loss on your keto diet if nothing is working as a little thank you for being here today. Grab your free guide at ketoforwomen.com to get the steps you need to overcome the hurdles standing in your way. Hi, Leah. How are you? Hi, Leanne. I'm doing great. How about you? I'm so good. And I'm so glad to have you on the show to just chat about your experience. You've gone through, you've experienced a lot over the last couple of years. That's true. It's true. (laughs) I certainly have. And thank you for having me today. I'm really excited to talk to you. Yeah. So I'd love to just maybe start at the beginning. Like I read out your bio and perhaps a couple of women that heard that were like, whoa, this human is so inspiring. But can we just kind of start at the beginning, uh, kind of doing a rough overview of, of what kind of got you to the place of hypothyroidism, amenorrhea, um, and what that was like for you? Right. Yes. Yeah. So 
I would say my health and fitness and wellness journey kind of started when I was actually in my teens because uh, I was always a little bit on the heavier side. Like I was always bigger than my friends. And I thought, okay, I need to, I need to figure this out. And so started trying to work out and figure out what to eat. And of course, back then it was still very much the mantra of low calorie and low fat. So I bought into that for a really long time. And in my late teens and early twenties, I was still really trying to follow a low fat approach to my diet. And I was also exercising more and more all the time because this is what diet culture tells you, right? Eat less, exercise more. And there's been a lot, as, as you well know, there's been a lot in the last couple decades of fear mongering around dietary fats. And so I, I, unfortunately I was like, Oh, well, I guess I won't eat them then. <laughs> and so, so eating low fat, exercising a lot. And then a third piece of the puzzle that went, went into that uh, at that time was that my dermatologist placed me on the birth control pill for my complexion. And so that was kind of a trifecta for me that started the, the hormone journey for me particularly. And I, it, I think the signaling really just broke down uh, my body and I really began to struggle. And so I, that's when I started to develop signs and symptoms of hypothyroidism, started having um, really bad adrenal issues, energy issues. I also had, I contracted mono really bad for a long time and it took me a long time to heal from that. And so I just felt broken. Like I felt like there's something wrong with my body. It was not doing what I wanted it to do. And, you know, despite continuing to eat as low calorie as possible and low fat and work out even more, I started going in the opposite direction. My weight started creeping up. I started feeling worse and worse. And so that was kind of the beginning of my journey. And I started diving into the research a lot more to figure out, okay, what, what is out there and what is real and what are people saying? And so that is what propelled me into the nutrition space. It was like, I want to know this for myself. And I, I want to know more about nutrition and how to couple it with fitness and how to actually get results. So I started to research more and um, educate myself on these things and slowly over time set up a, a base of information that has just grown and helped me get to where I am today. That's amazing that I have so many questions for you in between all of the things. Can you chat a little bit about what hypothyroidism felt like for you? Because a lot of women struggle with this and they don't really know. And they go to their doctors, you know, the whole song and dance, you go to your doctor and your doctor says your thyroid is fine, but you're still dealing with these symptoms. Did you have that same experience or what was that piece like for you? Yeah, that was a uh, progression. It was a progression of symptoms that I started to have. I was, I had a lot of the very common ones, really, really cold all the time, very cold. I had uh, weight gain that started to happen and I was losing strength in the gym and just really feeling a lot of brain fog. Oh man, so much brain fog. I felt like I just could not think straight and I knew that something was off, but I kind of lived with it for a while. And when I saw a practitioner for it, they ran one test and they agreed with me that it wasn't ideal and immediately put me on a synthetic thyroid medication, which ended up doing nothing. I felt 
zero better, nothing changed. And when the prescription ran out, I didn't, I stopped taking it. I didn't refill the prescription and I didn't go back and see that practitioner because I knew that it wasn't serving me. And so I began to research a lot more about hypothyroidism and how to support yourself through that as far as lifestyle, what you should, you know, how you should exercise, how you should eat, um, and some supplements as well that can really support your body's natural process. And so with that, over the next year to two years, I completely reversed my hypothyroid symptoms, um, just completely naturally without medical intervention. So I was really, really thankful for that, really excited about that. And I do, you know, targeted nutrition to make sure I'm supporting my thyroid health. But I, what I realized for me was it wasn't necessarily that my thyroid was bad or that something was broken. It was that my whole body, my whole system needed supported better. So it was, it was in conjunction with healing my hormones, healing my metabolism, and my thyroid corrected itself. CBD oil, I'm sure you've heard of it, and maybe you've been a bit overwhelmed by the options, or you're concerned it'll get you high. Now, my family's been supplementing with CBD oil going on four years, and I'm impressed with the results. And no, we don't get high on this stuff, and neither will you. Why do we use CBD oil? Well, it's a powerful anti-inflammatory, reducing joint issues, inflammatory acne, and gut distress. Eaton Hemp makes the highest possible quality CBD oil, are transparent in their production processes, and are one of the first USDA certified organic hemp companies, ensuring all you're getting in your oil is CBD not pesticides. Blah. No, thank you. Eaton Hemp uses hemp seed oil as a carrier for the CBD, which ensures higher potency, effectiveness, terpenes, and cannabinoids. These are all good things. Now, what I love most about Eaton Hemp is they stand behind their product. If you buy it and you don't like it, or you don't get the results that you're looking for, they will give you a refund. All you got to do is use it in the first 30 days and let them know in those first 30 days, no questions asked, they will give you your money back. Now they put together a super special offer for our listeners. If you go to eatenhemp.com slash keto diet and use a code keto diet, you will get 20% off all of their CBD products. Again, that's code keto diet at eatenhemp.com slash keto diet for your 20% off and your 30 day money back guarantee. That's amazing. And I'm so happy for you. I know that I don't have a thyroid that responds with nutrition, like, of course, it's well supported. You know, if I was eating a standard American diet, my thyroid would be a lot worse, but I tried the no medication game and no matter what I did, it would get better. But oh, years of eating disorder and amenorrhea and all the things just completely annihilated my thyroid. <laughs> and so I think it's beautiful that there are bodies that can recuperate. Whereas I know with vitamin D, B12, iron, I was trying a bunch of supplements. I was trying to figure it out. And then I switched to way, way better meat, um, like a high quality meat, so expensive, mm -hmm. but started working. And I actually mm -hmm. just got my labs back this morning and I'm looking through it and I'm like, whoa, whoa, this was three months. And I shifted what I was eating specifically with the quality. And I saw a big, big, big difference. And I've been trying to make this change with supplements and dietary stuff, but not going all the way. So I think, mm -hmm. you know, that's a really great mm -hmm. example from a different viewpoint, you know, it's not just the thyroid, it's like right. all things and different yep. things respond differently for different people. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. And I was not against taking medication for it. I wanted to feel better. And I 
had researched enough about thyroid and a lot of the natural thyroid medications, I was like, you know what, if I have to be on this to feel my best, that's totally fine. I will. But when the practitioner that I had in my life was not willing to, in fact, I remember specifically asking if there was a non-synthetic natural thyroid medication. And they told me, no, there really isn't anything out there. And that's just quite false, honestly, but I thought, okay, I, I don't have anybody else to go to right now. So I'm just going to try this. And, um, I totally agree with you because I did the same thing in terms of food quality. I started prioritizing grass fed meat to avoid, you know, hormone complication with what's in it. And so I really started paying attention to the, the quality of my meat, certain foods, not everything organic, but many things organic to avoid consuming pesticides and things like that, because all of those things will affect our hormonal cascade. And as we know, our thyroid is our master <laughs> gland, master hormone. So yeah, so I agree with you hundred percent on the food quality being of huge importance for healing. So important. And you mentioned lifestyle support with a thyroid. Can we kind of go through what that looked like for you? Yeah. So I ended up having to scale back my workouts quite a bit just because there was a lot of stress on my body. And as we know, concepts of hormesis, hormetic stress, little doses of stress are great. But when your body is under a lot of stress, just trying to, to heal and repair the added stress of working out can sometimes work against you. And it definitely did in my case. So I had to scale back a lot, um, change the way that I was working out. Also had to increase the amount that I was sleeping. Sleep is very healing. And for me, there's a huge difference between getting just one more hour of sleep per night. (laughs) And so that was a huge, a huge piece of the puzzle too. So just the way that I was moving my body and the stresses that I was allowing into my life at the time. So a lot has evolved for me over, you know, the years in terms of how I'm living my life. And for me, and this is something that I chat with a lot of women about is that stress is actually one of the biggest impactors of metabolism and hormones. And for me, I've discovered that my body is very, very sensitive to stress. And so even more than like how much I'm eating or how much I'm working out, if my body perceives stress, whether it's mental, emotional, physiological, even from good things, it can throw off that uh, signaling between your brain and your body and, and shut down communication. So that was a big piece for me. Yes. And some, I notice my body is very, very like yours, very sensitive to stress. Even if I get just a little bit overwhelmed or if, you know, for example, if I go to bed at 11 o'clock instead of 10 o'clock, it makes a big, big difference for me. And, Mm -hmm. you know, if you're kind of at that place, you can start to kind of tap into what your body feels like, but were you testing your blood or urine or what were you doing to kind of validate that you were on the right path? I did get tests run. I did have blood tests done every so often, about twice a year, I think for several years, because what ended up happening was I, I kept trying to find a medical practitioner that could help me. And I went through five different (laughs) doctors uh, who I ended up getting labs run with, and I could see with each set of labs that things were getting better. And unfortunately, I just was not receiving the help that I needed from these practitioners. And so I, I only saw them, you know, any of them like once or twice, but I did not feel heard in my appointments. I did not feel like they were 
really paying attention to what I was saying. And with the data, I thought to myself, there's, there's good change happening. Like I know that I'm on the right track as far as where my labs are looking, what I'm doing, and I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing and just, you know, pursuing the foundation first. And I've always, I've always thought that, you know, if, if I do need medical intervention, if I need to see a new doctor and if I need to get on thyroid medication or something like that in the future, fine, but I'm going to cover all my bases first. I'm going to make sure I have a solid foundation uh, using food as medicine for my body to give it what it's, what it needs. Because what I've really discovered in my own life is that, you know, our body was designed to run on nutrients. All, all the nutrients, like you mentioned, B vitamins and zinc and iron and just all of the things, those have essential roles to play in our body's function. And when those are depleted or deficient, our body literally just doesn't have tools in the tool belt to do its job. But when you flood your system with those nutrients, give it those things, it will do its job. And that is what I've seen in my own life is that my poor body was so depleted that it just couldn't do its job, but it knows what to do. And I gave it the tools that it needed. And now it seems like it has figured out what it needed to do again. <laughs> it remembered. <laughs> yeah. Like, Oh, right. Yeah. Right. This is and, what we do. <laughs> right. And, and, and it requires a certain amount. I almost imagine, you know, through my experience with the menorrhea and all the things, it's like my body was crying out for those nutrients, but I wasn't providing it with that. So it's almost right. like it knew what to do. It just, I was not providing it with what it needed to do the thing that it knows what to do. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And this is why the conversation about calories just is not enough. Cause I was, I was eating calories, but it was what was in the calories was not supporting my body enough. And so part of the end of not the end, but the, you know, the current stage of my story is um, also having been through a reverse diet process to where not only am I eating healing foods, but I'm actually eating more than I ever have in my entire life. And my body is really thriving. And so, you know, a lot of people like myself, I was so caught up in the fear that if I ate more calories, I was just going to blow up and get really fat. And that eating less was the only way to stay trim. And that really couldn't be further from the truth. What you need to be healthy and to stay trim is a healthy metabolism. And so doing what you need to do to get a healthy metabolism is so worth it. Our Belcampo offer has been extended now till the end of January 2021. You can receive 20% off your first order with Belcampo with the code KDP. So here's the thing. Most places don't care about the treatment of the animal, the taste of the meat, the impact on the environment, or the health of their customers because they're just not involved in that segment of the industry. But at Belcampo, they do things differently with purpose. They care about all of it and they see that everything is interconnected and hopes to create an experience and product better in every way for the people and for our planet. Belcampo's farming practices are climate positive and certified humane, and the products are rich in omega-3s with significantly less omega-6s, higher in linoleic acid, vitamin C, B, E, richer in minerals, and deliciously healthful fats. I'm obsessed with Belcampo. It's next level farming with meat that you can trust start to finish, delivered right to your door. 
Get 20% off with the code KDP on your first purchase, excluding sale items over at bellcampo.com slash KDP. The code is valid until the end of January, 2021. They have an awesome selection of everyday meats and the steaks. Oh, the steaks. In addition to ready to eat keto meatballs and carnitas, something for any meat eater to love. Yes, I'm so happy you mentioned reverse dieting. And for those that don't know what that is, can we just explain what you mean by that and what that looks like? Because people just heard you're eating a lot, but can we talk a little bit about (laughs) reverse dieting? (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And it's a concept that still kind of blows my mind, but I had heard about it in the past, but had not really considered, you know, whether I needed one or not, but I got to the place where I was eating about 1400 calories and side note, this was actually a number that was given to me by an actual doctor said, this is what you need to eat to lose weight and be healthy. And that was actually a little bit below my BMR, my basal metabolic rate, which is the minimum amount of calories I need to survive. And I followed the plan because that's what this doctor, my doctor told me. And I, you can ask my husband, I cried every single night because we got in bed and I was starving. And I thought, I, I'm just so sad. I feel horrible. I'm starving. I want to eat so bad. And I was trying to be really committed because I was trusting my doctor and I was like, Nope, I can't, I can't eat anymore, but I was starving and it was the most miserable time of my life. And I started to gain weight. Actually, my weight started to creep up and I thought, what is going on? Like I literally cannot believe this. And I thought, am I supposed to eat less to make my weight go down again? Like what, what is this? And I thought, okay, I can't do this. I can't, I, it doesn't matter what happens. I cannot live like this. And so I began to undertake the process of a reverse diet. I did my research. Um, and I actually also worked with a coach in my own life. I needed someone who could be non-emotional and help guide me through. So I, um, enlisted the help of someone who was further down the path than I, but the process is, is to very slowly and strategically increase your calories over time to increase your metabolism. And for me, eating at BMR was really dangerous, especially with my activity level and my hormones being, you know, delicate with having had amenorrhea in the past. And so I was afraid, really afraid of gaining weight, but I thought, you know what, this is the, my quality of life right now is so poor, like it's not worth it. So I just trusted the process and slowly increased my calories over weeks, months, about six months altogether. And oh my word, the transformation was unreal because first of all, like I f- started feeling so much better. And in fact, my husband started commenting like, you are in such a great mood. You just seem so happy and so stable and so motivated. Like you're, I'm, he'll come in. We both work from home <laughs> right now. We both are uh, primarily working from home. So he'll pop in my office and be like, wow, you're really focused right now. I'm going to leave you alone. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so he's just like, wow, you, you seem healthier than I've ever, ever known you. And it's true. I do feel completely night and day different than I did before. And I went from 1400 calories to about 
2,200 calories per day. And I did have to start tracking, which is not something that I'm always a huge fan of. I don't think that people need to necessarily track macros, but for me, I had to know where I started. And my coach wanted me to hit some pretty specific fat and carb macros. And so I did have to keep keep track of, of what I was eating to make sure that I was actually eating enough and not still under eating. And this is where carbs really started to come back into the picture for me because I had a, a long experiment and trial with the keto diet and had even branched into strict, very strict carnivore based on a lot of success stories and testimonials I had heard, but I discovered that my body responds very well to carbs. And so even with a lot of nerves, like, okay, here we go. What's going to happen if I suddenly start eating so many more carbs than I'm used to. But where I am today is so healthy and so thriving that I, I am so glad that I was able to break free from that fear and from just trying to follow rules that I didn't know if they applied to me or not. So there's probably more we can unpack there with the keto and the carnivore, but that's just kind of the overview of the reverse diet for me in terms of calories and macros. I really hope you're enjoying today's episode. I'd love to see where you're listening from. You can snap a pic and tag me at Leanne Vogel or leave a review for the show on your favorite podcast player. It helps me out tremendously. Okay, back to the good stuff. Yes, and I had a very similar experience, but I didn't know it was reverse dieting at the time. It was 2015, and there wasn't a lot of research on this or information, but I just decided I had had enough of counting all the calories and limiting everything. And I was like, I'm just going to eat. Whenever I'm hungry, I'm going to eat. If it's three o'clock in the morning, I'm going to get up and eat. And I'll never forget the first time I woke up, it was around 2.30 AM and I woke up hungry and I was like, I'm going to make waffles. And I walked downstairs <laughs> and I made a huge plate of waffles and I sat there and, you know, coming from a menorrhea eating disorder stuff, it's like, Oh, what am I doing? This is crazy. But I just kept saying, I'm nourishing my body. I'm nourishing my body. Yep. I'm nourishing my body. Yes. Cause it's, yeah you know, the whole time you're limiting calories, you're saying, you know, I'm losing weight, I'm doing well. And there are these, these, these tracks that you have in your mind. So I had to kind of reverse that. Mm -hmm. Um, and you're right. You know, uh, there was a period where I was actually going through my phone the other day and I found some pictures of during that time, girl, I was, I was pounding like three pounds of ground beef a day. Like <laughs> I was so hungry when I actually allowed myself to eat. It's amazing. Like you, like crying every night, sleeping all the time. I was so hungry. And now yeah. I think, you know, being on the other side of it, five years down the line, I find that yes, my metabolism is much faster, but I don't need to eat as much as I did when I was going through that whole process. Like I'm sure I was around the 3,700 to 4,000 calorie ish mm. range. And yeah. now I'm, you know, it depends on the day, like maybe 2000 to 3000, depending on what's going on and all the things. Yep. But this is so against what people hear. Exactly. Um, 
which is why it's what makes it scary. You think, is yes. this, is this, is this going to be a horrible choice for me? If I just start eating to satiety and eating what my body feels like it needs. And it was terrifying for me, which is again, why I really wanted to have a coach because I knew that I was probably going to want to hop off the train <laughs> if I saw my weight creeping up and my weight did fluctuate a little bit, but not more than five pounds, honestly, which is kind of shocking. Um, you know, increasing my calories so much, but the craziest thing is, is that right now I am actually leaner. <laughs> I just shared, uh, recently, uh, a progress photo because I could, I myself couldn't believe the transformation. My body has actually, I think because it's not under that stress of, I don't have enough resources. I don't have enough fuel. My body has really relaxed. My, my appetite is stable. My cravings are very manageable. Like almost never crave anything. Um, hunger is super stable and my body has started to let go of a little bit of that fluff that was there. And I think that was just, you know, from obviously hormones, but stress and anxiety over food. And so, yeah, it's, it's just such a freeing thing to be able to eat to satiety, feel like my body is completely nourished. And, you know, the cherry on top is that I am actually slimmer now, which just blows my mind. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure there was inflammation there too. That's what I've noticed through healing true, is that my true. face isn't as puffy and my, my gut especially isn't as puffy. And there was something that you mentioned, discovered that your body does well on carbs. I'd love to unpack that because somebody probably heard that and they're like, girl, you crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And I would have said the same thing. I, so I'm going to back up a little bit um, and kind of continue my story here because I had heard about the keto diet years ago and I was pretty pretty obstinate about it. I was like, nope, it's a fad. I'm not going to get into that. But, you know, how, once I started researching and educating myself and, you know, received my certification for health coaching, I began to just, you know, research and study the science behind it more. And I, I was introduced to you and your work and your podcast and many of the other greats in the space. I started learning from people like Mike Mutzel and Deanna and Danny and Mata Vega and just many others in the space that are bringing information and science behind keto. And it really made sense. Things really started clicking for me. And I thought, I really understand this. I understand the science, you know, in terms of glucose and ketones and how things interact with our body and our metabolism. And so I was very intrigued and I thought, I'm, I'm going to experiment with this um, kind of in the, in just in the name of being a biohacker myself. I was like, I, I need to, I need to see what this is about. And so I actually started with your book <laughs> and the, the keto diet book and the recipes and the meal plans and learned so much. And I felt really great initially. And I think one of the most fun things was being able to enjoy fats for the first time. And whereas, you know, in my past fats were something that were scary and off limits. And so being able to enjoy, I like, I remember the first time I ate a chicken thigh instead of chicken breast and like the angels sang, I was so happy. It tasted so delicious. And I was like, I can have, I can have steak again and chicken thighs and avocado. So it was really, really, really freeing for me. And um, my husband actually took one for the team and decided to do the experiment with me. And um, so what really was kind of intriguing to me at the time was that he, he dropped 10 pounds of body fat immediately, just like leaned out and he felt really good too. And I 
did not lose any weight. I had some weight I wanted to lose, but I didn't. And I was like, oh, I feel, I feel good, but I'm not losing weight. So that's interesting. And I also was testing my ketones during this time and could barely produce ketones. I was like, what is wrong with me? Like, I don't know why I'm not producing ketones, but I would have, you know, barely any showing up 0.2 on the, on the keto meter. <laughs> I forgot what it's called, but anyway, so <laughs> I was trying to track and, and, um, you know, do this experiment, right? So, but as I, as I learned more, I just have, I'm so fascinated by the science of metabolism and, and hormones and, and, all the things that go on in our body. So I was really intrigued and just couldn't get enough of reading and learning and researching. So long story short, about a year passed and I was still basically in the same place that I was. Um, at this time, I was trying to recover from amenorrhea. I was trying to recover my period regularly and um, that wasn't happening. And so I, at this point, I feel like I started to develop kind of a fear of carbs and feel like, Oh, I, this must be my, my body is broken or something's wrong with me. And I just need to keto harder. So I just ketoed harder and harder and harder and harder. And I cut my carbs lower and lower. And then I discovered the carnivore approach. And I thought, wow, maybe this is the answer to all of my problems because I love meat and I've always been able to eat a lot of meat and I feel really great eating meat. And I was like, maybe I have some unknown, you know, sensitivity to some type of carbs or vegetables or whatever. And I thought, well, maybe this is, this is what I need to do. So I embarked on a time of carnivore and I tried to make sure that I was eating enough. Um, it was hard. I wasn't really tracking a lot. So like you, I just kind of tried to eat as much meat as possible, but I, started feeling just kind of some low-grade anxiety <laughs> all the time. And again, I just, I was really committed to the science behind it. Because first of all, I mean, I heard so many great testimonials. I had heard so many people that had had great success, not only on keto, but also on carnivore. And, you know, as I've already said, I fully believe in the bioavailability of the nutrients in animal products. And I think it's really essential that they're a part of our life. And I thought, well, maybe this is all that I need. And so... I experimented with that, but my weight didn't budge and actually it started to creep up even more. And so this is when I started to think, okay, well, maybe I need to lower my calories even further. This is actually at the point where I had a conversation with that doctor who said, this is how many calories. So I was eating, trying to eat at BMR and basically meat only. And it just went from bad to worse. And like I said, I was, I was crying every day because I was so hungry and miserable. And I was really torn because part of me wanted to love it. Part of me wanted, like, I wanted to be the next success story on carnivore. I really, really did. And I wanted this to be my magic healing, you know, progress, my, my healing moment where everything just came into place. I was really inspired by many people. Like for instance, Kelly Hogan is a beautiful, <laughs> beautiful example of the healing on, on a carnivore diet. And I thought, well, maybe I'm the next one, but I, I couldn't ignore what was going on with my body anymore. And so that is when I started to change my macros and to increase my calories. And this, I just kind of did it blindly because I was kind of at the point where I was like, you know what? I can't do this anymore. Whatever it takes, I'm just going to do. And then, so I've been a longtime listener of your podcast and I came across an episode on your show that absolutely blew my mind and changed my life forever. It was your episode with Angela Foster. 
who talked about genetics and the way that genetics play into the way your body responds to fats, um, saturated fats, and how you know, how responsive your body is going to be to a higher fat, lower carb diet. And I actually did happen to have my genetics tested and I had my full, you know, DNA code run. And I had a lot of information about myself and I was, I had been looking over the information already and just trying to put the pieces together. And as she talked in this podcast about the different genetic SNPs that may or may not, you know, predispose you to not thriving on a keto diet, not thriving with high fats, high saturated fats. I just wrote down everything, all of the SNPs that she said, I'm going to look in my report and I'm going to, I'm going to double check what she's saying against what my report said. And sure enough, I actually had almost every single one of those SNPs that she, she mentioned. And it was like a revolutionary light bulb moment. I thought, maybe it's not my fault. Like I, maybe I'm not just ketoing wrong. Maybe there is something in my body that needs, needs carbs or needs something different. So that empowered me, even though I was still scared, it empowered me to open up my (laughs) world to carbs again, a little bit. And I, as a part of my reverse diet, I started to incorporate more carbs and gradually increased to well over what you know is recommended on keto and then well beyond that too and so like i said i I had a coach who was helping me shoot for a certain number of carbs and fats per day and so that just determined the type of meals so most of my meals included a good portion of healthy carbs as well as healthy fats. And for me, you know, figuring out the right kind of carbs was really important too, because I did some experimentation and learned how my body responds to different types of carbohydrates. They're not all the same. And I didn't just go on a bender and have whatever carbs I felt like. I knew that I wanted to do this reverse diet and Um, healing, you know, continue that my healing journey in in a very, very strategic, nutritious way. So I still was prioritizing nutrients and carbs, whole food forms of carbs, essentially. So that was, that was a huge light bulb moment for me. And, uh, you know, something that I I really want to talk about, because I think a lot of ladies probably feel like something's wrong with them and they're just not doing it right. They're not ketoing hard enough and they just need to do it harder or different or better. And that they, they're somehow doing something wrong or that something's wrong with them. Whereas it is just a matter of really figuring out what your body's unique individual needs are. We all have such a unique makeup, you know, even in terms of genetics. And I don't think you necessarily have to have your genetics tested to start experimenting and to figure out like what works for you, what makes you feel the best and what gets you the results that you want. Because sure, weight loss is a great result, but how's your health? How's your metabolism? How's your hormones? How's your mood? (laughs) Does your spouse (laughs) like being around you? (laughs) And, you know, and so how's your mental health and those kinds of things. So that is just, it really is incredible to, to be able to stop searching for the perfect diet and find the one, find the right foods for you that, that actually work for you, regardless of what this guru or that success story has said, what is right for you. 
Yes, beautifully said. There were so many little nuggets of wisdom in there. Something I really liked is when you said, I couldn't ignore what was happening with my body anymore. Mm -hmm. Oh, can we put that on a t-shirt? I would wear that daily. (laughs) (laughs) And, And it sounded like there was this, and I had a very similar experience. It was like, there was this moment of, do I choose to just continue to be proud? And do I choose pride over being truly honest with myself? Like, I feel like if we just sat down for five minutes and just got silent and just asked yourself straight up, am I miserable? (laughs) (laughs) Is this working? Mm -hmm. Because there Mm -hmm. were multiple moments where over the course of I don't know. I mean, it's hard to know when it exactly started, but there were multiple moments where I was like, I really hate this. Like when I was training to be a triathlete, I actually didn't enjoy swimming Mm. or biking or running, you know, but I kept doing it because it was the right thing to do. And it made me strong. And I had, it was, it was pride. It was all pride of just look at me. I did this thing. Here's my race. I want to be the next, you know, like you said, carnivore queen. And I want people to see my testimony and think that I'm the best, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Yeah. And so it takes a layer of just what's more important to me. And I, I just, I loved how you outlined that and how you shared that. And I guess one thing that I'm sure women were asking as you were sharing your story was when you were on keto, did you do carb ups or did you do more just like hardcore classic keto? Did you incorporate carb ups at all or not at all? So in the beginning, no, I thought, well, the only way for this to work is to really do it, you know, quote unquote, right. So I did. So I was very strict for a while and eventually I did start incorporating some carbs, carb ups. And sometimes it was more in the sense of, oh, I just need a carb, like can't do this anymore. And sometimes it was more intentional. And I, I became more aware of the, you know, the science behind carving up and, you know, who might need that and, and when that becomes necessary. And so I thought, okay, well, I can do that occasionally. And I would, um, but mostly I was keeping a pretty tight keto. Cool. So your life now and how it all feels and, you know, adrenal dysfunction, amenorrhea, how, how long has it been since you've started cycling? So it has been about a year now. Oh, congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. How does it feel? Like, I'm sure there are women that are curious that have amenorrhea. Like, did your cycle start off pretty painful? Did it take some time to like things to level off or what was that like for you? Actually, uh, they have been better than they've ever been in my entire life. Like my cycles are so great. Not a lot of pain. You know, first day is kind of crampy or whatever, but you know, when, when I was, especially way back when I was on the birth control pill, um, for my complexion, my periods were a lot worse then. So they, they've actually been really good. I've been so thankful. I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know if they were going to be really painful and really difficult because, you know, of hormone imbalance, but they have been really, really good. And it was kind of interesting because they, when they started coming back, I got one and I was, I was completely blown away. I was like, what? And then about, I want to say 65 or 70 days later, I had another one. And then the next one was 50 days and then 55 and then 45 and then 40. And then finally back to 30 days. But I did miss a couple in there because of stress. (laughs) It's been interesting to me because even though throughout, throughout this journey, even though I'm eating more now than I ever have before, one thing that has 
really been evident is that my body, again, very sensitive to stress. So just stress alone, even with my nutrition, right? Even with everything tight and everything going well, feeling really great. If I allow stress to overtake my mind and my heart and my life, I miss period. So that is really important thing for me to pay attention to, even on top of nutrition and eating the right foods. So that has just been a really interesting, interesting ex experience for me and process. Yes. I, I had a very similar experience. I remember it had been eight years since I had gotten a period and there oh, was wow. blood in the toilet the first time. And I just started crying. Like I was, <laughs> I was so happy because I'd been working at this for eight years. I mean, especially That's the last couple of time. years, it was a long time. And my experience was very similar to yours in that it took some time to regulate and stress Oh man, it, it is mm -hmm. unreal. I can tell, I just know in a month when my cycle is going to be delayed because I was overwhelmed, stressed, anxious, you know, anything can impact it. But mm -hmm. I think because I had gone so long in between my last period and, you know, eight years is a long time. My first mm -hmm. couple cycles, like for the first year were horrible, like oh, man. to the point where I was like, did yeah. I really want this back? <laughs> I don't know. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, now, um, five years, like it's been five years for me now. It's like, perfect. Like I couldn't ask for anything more. So even in, I guess my point to bringing this up is that, mm -hmm. okay, so you've got your cycle back. That's great. And now let's try to regulate it and understand yeah. that this is like the first piece and it's an ongoing process. And that's not to overwhelm those listening or watching from making these adjustments. Right. Um, but it's just that the, the journey never ends. Well, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Um, and I, my amenorrhea was about three and a half years. So it was a, it was a good amount of time. Not as long as I can imagine eight years, that would be really stressful, really hard on your body. I'm sure. And I actually had my hormone levels tested through Dutch at the time. And I was straight up post menopausal ranges. Like you see the reference range for how your hormones supposed to fluctuate throughout the month. They give you this cute little chart and my levels were just straight across the bottom. <laughs> and so I was like, well, that validates a lot of how I'm feeling. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so when I actually lost my period was when I stopped taking birth control. I, I stopped taking it at one point and then my cycle disappeared and never came back for three and a half years. So I knew that that was playing a factor, which is just why I decided that for me personally, I needed to get off of it and work toward healing and balance. So, you know, that goes back to the beginning of the story and the, all the factors that I had playing into my hormone imbalance. Yeah. I'm happy that you mentioned birth control. That's how mine started too. I had been on it also for my complexion. I was actually put on birth control probably, I think it was two or three months after my first cycle. So I got my cycle and then the doctor put mm -hmm. me on birth control. And so I only had two to three, I think it was like, two, yeah, it must've been two or three months. And he's like, here you go, get mm -hmm. on this. It'll make your skin better. In addition to yep. taking like three rounds of Accutane. Yep. And so, same. yeah, you, <laughs> yeah, you know the drill. <laughs> exact same. <laughs> oh yeah. And I, I think it's great that you got off birth control um, and that you are working to heal your body. And there was something that you said, you said something that spoke to me deeply as it regards to my faith. And that was, you said, maybe this is the answer to all of my problems. And it's something that speaks to me very heavily because I was always seeking 
for something outside of myself to fix myself. And it happened to be, you know, we're on a nutrition podcast talking about nutrition and we're all kind of just seeking for things to make us happy and joyful and, and, and feel solid. (laughs) Right. Mm -hmm. And I would love to know whether or not your faith played a role in, in your experience throughout all of this. It really has. It has because my, you know, one of the things that a history of low fat, low calorie dieting will do is damage your relationship with food. And I had struggled with that. And thankfully it's been a long time. I've healed from that, but I remember so well struggling with, you know, relationship with food, whereas food was, you know, a, it was either a love or a hate and it was on or off. And, and so for me throughout this whole healing journey, from beginning to end, being able to trust, first of all, that my worth is not found in my body. My value is not in how I look or even in how I feel. I have intrinsic value that Jesus gave me. And so even as I work to heal my body and even through the seasons where I felt broken and I felt like I wasn't good enough or smart enough and I couldn't figure this out, I... Sometimes it was all I could do to remind myself that that is not who I really am. And so I had to learn to remind myself that, you know, my, that's not where my value is. And that's not why people love me. That's not why Jesus loves me. And so I also had to trust him. And it's something that I prayed a lot about was, was for him to lead me into the right path for me, um, to be able to find what worked for me, because I really wanted to have, have peace with food, just in terms of not thinking about it all the time it distracted me for so long because I was just constantly worried about, okay, well, this isn't working. What do I need to do next? That didn't work. What do I need to do next? And just like you said, seeking and seeking and seeking for the thing that was finally going to work for me or finally going to be the right thing for me. And so I wanted to be free from that and be able to focus on my relationship with God and other things in my life that mattered more. And so to be in a place where I'm not obsessing over food or worrying about where my next meal is going to come from. And all of that is so freeing mentally to create space, you know, for growth and, you know, to pursue things that matter in my life, as well as my faith and relationship with God and with my husband too. I mean, it was something that affected our marriage because he just watched me being so, concerned and and feeling broken and struggling through all of this and wondering, you know, what was, what was wrong with me. And, you know, he was right there with me through all this. We've been married for almost seven years. And so it has, you know, it's really been a blessing for him too, for me to have achieved balance and to have found a place where I'm just so much more free. Mm, Beautiful. And um, when you were talking about your husband, the deterioration of one's wife is hard. And I know that my husband, Kevin saw that as well. Like you're deteriorating, you know, Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. for men that want to just make their women happy and, and just like, (laughs) what can I do? I just like, literally tell me what to do and I will make it better. Um, it must be so frustrating. And I know it was so frustrating for Kevin of like, just literally like, I will do anything to make this pain go away. It's so great that you had that support. And I too am very blessed in that area also of having somebody to like hug me and hold me and tell me it's going to be okay because it really (laughs) does. It goes a really long way. So thank you so much for sharing that. And 
And where can people find more from you? Where can they interact with you? Um, I know that you have so much left in your story and I'm sure you're <laughs> going to uncover more and more things. Um, where can people follow you on Instagram and all the things? Yeah, thank you. You can connect with me on Instagram at its.leaharvey. That is my Instagram page. I'm pretty active there sharing my journey and what I'm doing and, and how it works for me as, as well as women that I work with. Um, you can find me on Facebook too, Leah Harvey. My, I also have a, a page called Lively Co. I have a website called livelyco.com and lively is a word and a word and in the name that I chose for my business because the definition of lively is full of life and vital energy. And that really speaks to me and is what my mission is all about because as women, our energy, our physical energy is vital to our lives. We can't, you know, just like I experienced, could not be a good wife, you know, a good friend and fulfill my calling when I was totally drained of energy and struggling every day. And so my mission is to help ladies regain their, their energy that's vital to life. So yeah, so livelyco.com and Facebook and Instagram and love to love to connect and share more of my story. Brilliant. I will post all those links in the show notes. So if you're watching this, it'll be on YouTube below. And if you're listening to this, um, it'll be in the show notes of your app and I'll explain later how to, how to access that. Leah, thank you so much for coming on today. This is just a blast to hear more about your story. I know you reached out to me probably over a month ago and I was like, girl, you need to come on the show and just share all of this. It's so great. So thank you so much. It was so great getting to know you more deeply and just thanks for sharing vulnerable, vulnerably as it relates to just your experience with your body and health and everything. I really appreciate you sharing. Well, thank you. It's been such an honor to chat with you and so thankful to have learned from you and to be able to, to share my story. So thank you for having me today. It was really fun. Woohoo. Yeah, that was good, wasn't it? Uh, Leah's just so great. And I'm so glad that she came on the podcast to share her brilliance. Again, you can find her at livelyco.com and on Instagram as her name, Leah Harvey. Okay, next up on the podcast, Sunday, February 21st, episode 298. I'm chatting with Dr. Will Cole about intuitive fasting. And then on Sunday, February 28th, episode 299. Oh my goodness. Austin Cavelli is coming on the show to chat with us about carnivore. <laughs> I'll never be carnivore. I can say that pretty much definitively. I love plants too much, but you know, Austin, it really works for Austin. So I wanted to have her on the show to just chat with you about carnivore and all the reasons why it's awesome. So I'm looking forward to sharing that one with you. I hope you have a great rest of your day and I will see you next Sunday. Thanks for listening to the Keto Diet Podcast. Join us again in a couple of days to discover more Keto for Women secrets for your fat-fueled life. Music for the Keto Diet Podcast provided by Yechi. Follow Jacob on Instagram at Yechi underscore official and on Spotify as Yechi. That's Y-E-C-H-I. The Keto Diet Podcast, including show notes and links, provides information in respect to healthy living, recipes, nutrition, and diet, and is intended for informational purposes only. The information provided is not a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment, nor is it to be construed as such. We cannot guarantee that the information provided on the Keto Diet Podcast reflects the most up-to-date medical research. Information is provided without any representations or warranties of any kind. Please consult a qualified physician for medical 
medical advice and always seek the advice of a qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding your health and nutrition program.